Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. Fellas, we may have uh, taken a dose of bad medicine Uh when we were trying to predict John Bon Jovi songs this morning. This is the New Jersey legend, John Bon Jovi from Sayreville, New Jersey. Jersey. Key to line, what's up, bro? Remember that? The guys just put their arms around you, just drunk. Oh, just, the oh. breath is just all right. Well, y'all, hey, the game you play. That's a, that's a college uh. atmosphere. This song just reminds me of college. It, and I keep saying that it reminds me of waking up the next morning with a headache as big as all outdoors because I <laughs> drank too much. Because, uh, you know, you start off saying, okay, I'm going to have this and I'm good. I got practice the next day. And then the buddy comes in, and your little buddies from class come in, and they want you to take some shots, and you don't want to be rude, so you wind up taking them. And then the next thing you know, you go to practice, and your teammates are like, "Yeah, what, what, ooh, the whole wow, practice field." Thursday, Thursdays was was our big night that we hit the whole scene because Friday practice was light, but the whole practice field, you could smell it. You could smell the alcohol miles away, and you knew, like, dang man, y'all was going hard last night. You would see it's a USC yeah. life, man. Oh, he had it down. He, they had it man, down. Come on, Rutgers. Rutgers. They had it down, brother. Don't let don't let Zubin fool you now. Old and Queens. I, and I he had know a lot Duke of long was a party school. Duke is a party school. There's nothing else to do there. Yeah, we used to go over to Chapel Hill. Chapel Thrills, we like to call it. Oh gosh. All right, move along. Get us out of here. <laughs> all right. Usually, I'm the one. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, all right. That's another story for another day. Okay. Here's the deal. <laughs> so. Uh, I was going to say, maybe just blast Bon Jovi during the uh, practice time when you have fans in the crowd to, uh, to try to uh, manage the crowd noise. But, of course, there's no fans this year. Um, so we're robbed of Bon Jovi there across the league. Um, listen, Bon Jovi, by the way, huge football fan. Huge football fan. Big time, big time fan in Philly of their old Arena League team. All right, so let's move on here. The Cowboys, huge problems, right? So they start Ben DiNucci Sunday night, picked off twice, Sacked four times. Jerry Jones comes out and said, look, everything was just a little bit too fast for him. Key basically said he was like a Volkswagen on the Autobahn, broken down in the right lane. Oh, with the blinker on. Yeah, with the blinker on. It was, it, you know, you laugh at it because I know that feeling when it's too fast for you. And I, you know, and I go back in my own career. I remember when I first stepped on the football field in preseason, mm-hmm. and I'm telling you, Man, that thing was going 90 miles an hour. They was flying all over the place. And you had to eventually catch up with the speed of the game because you, you've never seen this before. You know, I catch a ball in college and everybody stopped. And I just go and score and everybody's watching me do my thing. In the pros, uh-uh. 11 hats coming to the ball at all times, full speed, and they have no mercy for you. And that's what Ben DiNucci was looking at. He's looking at people... Coming through the gut, up the middle, on the sides. That thing is just flying all over the place. He needed air traffic control to help him out. You see, but O'Keefe, when you were when you were first in the league, though, so your physical talent could compete. It was a different level. Well, no, it slowed down. Yeah, yeah I agree with you. So I, I I have two versions of this. First version, second pick in the draft. I, the, ta- the, the quickness of the game was fast, but I felt like I could assimilate to that, and the game started to slow down for me. But after coming back from my accident, when I wasn't as fast as I was before – that's when I felt exactly what you're talking about. I was like, damn, I had to find different ways to compensate for my lack of speed and had to start trying to think the game through to combat the athletic ability of other people, but it still didn't. It was nowhere close. And you, that's what Danucci felt like. He but, was, but even though Danucci felt that way, you're going to have – Rush will have a problem. Cooper Rush. Cooper Rush will have a problem. Garrett will have a problem. Gilbert Garrett will have a problem. 
because they yet to play the game too. So I understand what Jerry is saying. It was too much. Like they threw him in there and the Wolves went and got him. I understand that. But they, whichever one they select, they're going to have the same problem because they've never seen those live bullets. When live bullets go to flying, it's way different than in practice. In practice, you can complete some balls. The DBs are playing around. They're not covering the way they're supposed to. The defensive linemen aren't rushing. When they rush, they rush past you and just blow in your ear. And that's it. You sitting back there pretty in the pocket, and you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to complete this. It looks great. When them real bullets go to flying, oh, man, the game changed. Especially when that bullet is Brad Dupree. Good luck with that. Or Watt. Or Mika Fitzpatrick blitzing. <laughs> or any anything that they got <laughs> over on the other side, Hayward, any of them uh. dudes. Think about it, right, because his first start, Danucci, probably his first and only start, came against another team from the state of Pennsylvania that's 3-4-1, and one, and whoever they throw to the Wolves, or in this case the Steelers, it'll be Cooper Rush or Garrett Gilbert going up in their first career start against the NFL's only undefeated team. So if you thought the pressure was difficult, prep week was difficult, practice week was difficult, the opponent's going to be super difficult. And Mike Tomlin is not going to let up. Mike Tomlin is going to go get them. Whoever, whichever quarterback it is, He's going to get them. He's going to get them. He's going to blitz them. He's going to confuse them. That's what they're going to do. They're going to play Pittsburgh Steelers football against the Dallas Cowboys in their own stadium. How about that? How about that? So, once again, Danucci, a transfer. Go ahead. How many How many fans are allowed in Texas Stadium? They have about 25,000 fans. Remember, it's a 100,000-seat stadium. Still looks empty with that so, many fans. So, 25,000 fans. About. So, here's another caveat to the game. Out of that 25,000 or so fans... 20,000 going to be Pittsburgh Steelers fans. Those towels. Because they travel well. They do. They do. Indeed. So once again, Danucci, a transfer from Pittsburgh to James Madison. And it didn't work out so well in the NFL. But for this transfer quarterback we're about to talk about, oh boy, did it work out well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go. The end of the round. Down the left sideline. Across the 15 and across the 10 in the end zone. 39 yards with a Maryland quarterback faking everybody out of there. You know what? Wow. Outstanding play by Talia. In my white teeth. And Talia Tungavailoa joins us this morning on the Shell Pennzoil performance line. Many of you, of course, are familiar with his brother. Tremendous weekend for both boys. We'll talk about that here in a second. He started at Alabama, transferred to Maryland, where he's reconnected with Mike Loxley, the old Alabama assistant that's now with the Terps. And he came to play 26 for 35, 394 yards, three touchdowns, one pick in one fantastic overtime game last Friday night against Minnesota that earned him co-Big Ten Offensive Player of the Week plaudits. It's great to have you here. Good morning. Congratulations on start two of your career at stop number two. I got to ask you, you win your brother wins on Sunday. What was that like to just for the family to see that sort of weekend, you Friday, him Sunday? Uh, man, it was a blessing. Uh, I mean, the main thing is that we got the – both teams got the win. And um, I'm just happy my family got to watch both of our games, especially my parents. So, man, it was just a blessing. Ty Leah, how important was it to have your parents in the stands when you got that win in Maryland? Oh, no. to me, that's that's the biggest thing. I mean, to have them watch me play. I, my grandparents got to watch a game, too, so I'm not too sure how much games they, they're going to be able to watch. So for them to um, come and watch our first home game, I mean, it was, it was a blessing. So I hope they can make more games. 
I was going to ask you, how, how difficult was that for you, T? Like, when was the last time you saw your family before last Friday? Yeah, um, my parents, I seen my parents um, last week, uh, the first game. and But my grandparents, I haven't seen them in a long time. Probably the last time I've been to Hawaii. So it was a little emotional when I seen them. But, you know, it was a good thing that we, we got to win. So, Tylea, when, obviously your brother now has moved on from Alabama he's down in Miami. How often do you guys talk and communicate about the level of quarterback that you need to play at Maryland to get your team to where you want them to be? Um, yeah, me and my brother talk about every day. And, um, I mean, when we do talk about football, he, he just tells me to, you know, just play every play. Like, you know, it should last and, you know, not to, play with pressure and just have fun like I like I did the last game. I think the first game I I was kind of just, you know, trying to make big plays and trying to, uh, you know, just be anxious and, you know, try to start a spark. But, you know, I just have to take it one play at a time. And, yeah. <laughs> Zubin, mentioned, Zubin mentioned that you this is your second stop at Maryland. You started your college career at Alabama on the Knicks State Saban. Then you – Transferred to Maryland under Locks, Coach Locksky. What take us through the decision to transfer out of Alabama and go be a Terp? Um, yeah, um, I left Alabama because I, you know, I wanted to be on the field, and um, my decision, you know, it was a, it's always a family decision for us, and you know, my family has a good relationship with Coach Locksky. You know, knowing that he coached Tua, and um, you know, the biggest thing was my mom. You know. I, as long as she knows that I'm okay in, in Maryland with Coach Locks, then she'll be good. So, I mean, Coach Locks is a great coach, and the biggest thing is that my parents trust him. So that's why I came in. It's great stuff. I know how much your family means to you. I remember when Tua first moved down to Alabama, the entire family moved down there to Alabama to support him. So <laughs> it's great for the culture. It's great for the community. And I'm so happy to see how great you are playing out of the gate. That game against Minnesota, that's going to go down as one of the best Big Ten games in the season, and we're barely scratching the surface in the conference. Congratulations, and best sure. of luck the rest of the way. Yes, sir. Thank right. you. Good Thanks luck, Tom. Nice to meet you guys. Good All luck, right, man. Same to yes, you. Sir. First thing I got to yes, say sir. here, he sounds exactly like Tua. He sounds yeah. exactly like Tua. That's I know the, it's brothers and all that. I mean, just like if you just put up a cut of Tua and his brother, I'm not sure I can tell the but difference. You, but you really know what that is, though? Tell that's me. That's the calm island life, though. Yeah. That's the chill, just right. the laid back, calm. I mean, you know, when, when you grew up on the West Coast like I have, you just run into the Polynesian culture, just all of that. Just everything is just mm. cool. It's just like... Chill, no stress, no nothing. Right, especially in today's society where yes. everybody is stressed out all the time. But it's also funny because there's an alternative of, of that where it can be used against you, right? Sometimes you hear guys from, like, well, he's too cool. Well, that's he's people that don't relaxed. get it. I, I hear Yeah, you. that's people that don't get it. I hear you. But that's a fascinating little insight. And obviously, if you don't know, the Polynesian culture, the way that they have moved their way into college football and have great representation in the NFL. It's really an amazing story about all the guys that have come out of that culture and played football, whether it's from Fiji, Hawaii, all around the world, the Polynesian culture. What is that? Eight? No, that's 10 hours. What are you, five? Maryland. It's a 10 hour, 11 hours to Hawaii. Mm -hmm. It's a long, we went a long ways. You know what I'm saying? Coming all the way from Hawaii to go all the way to Maryland, even though he stopped in Alabama, that's 11 hours from the crib. Talk about culture shock. (laughs) Not culture shock, homesick. (laughs) Yeah.
What? what there's no. That. What's at the that closest? Age. At that age. What would be the closest beach to that that little area right there, like uh, Virginia Beach or something like that? Probably. Ocean City, you say? Ocean City, Maryland. Ocean City, Maryland. It's yeah. Different water, though. That water in Hawaii. Oh, oh, oh yeah. no. So that Ocean different. City water That's probably so all different. brown and yeah. Ocean City is for lovers. Let's go from A to Z. <laughs> Virginia also, uh, by the way, for lovers, too. From A to Z, here we go. Antonio Brown, grateful to be back on the football field after his first practice with the Bucks, his fourth team in 19 or 20 months. But, I mean, who's really counting? This time he's with the Bucks, knowing it could be his last stop. Yesterday on Zoom, wearing a custom TB12 hat on stating the obvious on his latest chance in the league. I'm extremely grateful to be here with such great organization, to be around some great players. For me, you know, first and foremost, uh, being away from the game a year and a half, just to see, uh, be able to be a part of the process and be out there with the guys today was uh, surreal. Uh, some I don't take for granted. You know, some I have a great appreciation for, a better perspective about, and a lot of gratification. To do what I love, man, you know, it's a blessing. Buck Saint Sunday. As long as he lets that sink in, he'll be all right. Let it sink in and understand how you put yourself in that position. And then on another thing, A.B., if you listening to me, or somebody out there, tell A.B. to change that number. 81 on him look horrible. He needs to wear 84, man. Find out who has 84 and get it. Why? Because that 81 looks Why? Nice. What, what is really it about? Hung yeah, up on you're the really big on these numbers all the time. 81 just don't look right. Allen, Allen at the 81 don't look right on him. That does not look right on him. Huh. He's an 84, and I want to see it. I want to see it. He used to wear 84. He used to rock 84. Man, it looks good on him. 81, he just looked, he looked like a scrub in 81. I'm just telling you, he knows it. Cameron Braith, the tight end for the Bucks, though, has that coveted 84 you want. Okay, go to him and write a check. Get that 84, man. I see, that's how exactly much? how you negotiate. How much? You have to write that check. Whatever, whatever if you want it bad uh, enough, it, whatever you want. AB got it. He got it. Okay. We'll see if he finally gets it and can stick. Near agreement here on the NBA on a December 22nd start. All of our guys, including our Brian Windhorse, essentially said, look, if you don't start right around December 22nd, Christmas Day, that sort of late window in 2020, even if you pull the trigger and start in 2021, there is so much money to be lost. Okay, so the local television deals are worth over a billion dollars, okay? And if those deals are all tied to playing at least 70 games. So in addition to what I just talked about, with less money coming in with no fans, if you reduce that TV money because you start in January and you can only play 53 games or whatever they were going to play, then that's just less money coming into your pocket. So the a couple of bigger name players in the NBA wanted to push back the season to Martin Luther King Day, but they didn't speak for the majority of the NBA. The majority of the NBA are guys who've been off for a pretty long time that need those checks right. that aren't making 15, 25 million dollars a year, making league minimum, you know, five, six hundred thousand dollars a year. So really glad that the NBA can come to some kind of conclusion with the NBA PA to get the, the league started on December 22nd. And they only have an 18 percent pay cut that's going to be spanned over two years as opposed to the 40 percent 
pay cut that would have been implied uh, if they had started later in the year this year. Fair point. Also, for purposes of context, for those that are not aware, I hope everybody is aware, Martin Luther King Day is in late January. So, again, you're getting to the point now where they essentially say if we start a month or so later than what they're requesting on December 22nd, hundreds of millions of dollars potentially on the line. And that's going to wake some people up. Adam Silver has been very, very vocal about that the last few days. And that's from A to Z. It is time to fill in the blank. A loss for words? Not here. Fill in the blank. Although if you were with us this morning, I kind of wish we lost some words earlier this morning, but that's neither here nor there. Okay, let's do it. Filling in the blank. NFL Midseason Awards Edition. We're going to have three categories here. We hit three yesterday. You can find those on the podcast. Here we go. All right, fellas. You can define this any way you want. Surprisingly bad, surprisingly good, whatever. The most surprising team in the NFL is key. I would say the, the Arizona Cardinals for me. I think that, you know, Arizona for me, it, it, when you look at it, they're fighting and they're competing. And I think they got that signature win against Seattle. Prior to that, I was still was a little iffy on what it was and what it could potentially be. I still don't believe that the, ultimately in the end that that style of offense can win you a Super Bowl title which or the division, which they're trying to because of the Seattles and the Rams, a little more traditional for me. I like it that way. Some people will probably put this team as their most disappointing team, but for me, they're my most surprising team. If you had told me before the season started that the Browns would start 0-1, Nick Chubb would be out from week four to week 10, and Odell Beckham Jr. will be lost for the season, and they will be sitting in a playoff spot halfway throughout the season, you would have called me crazy. I mean, I, I have to say for everything that they've endured, they're in a pretty good position, surprising. On the polar opposite side, the most disappointing team in the NFL. Minnesota Vikings. Couldn't even finish the sentence. <laughs> Minnesota Vikings. I, I, can't, I picked him to win a division. They gave Kirk Cousins a new contract, extended him another 80-something million dollars or whatever it was, and then they're coming out there. They got two wins on the season. Houston Texans last year finished 10 and 6, won the AFC South, won a playoff game, held a 24 lead over KC. I know that uh, GM Bill O'Brien and head coach let go of DeAndre Hopkins, but I mean, that's a major, major, major drop off from where they were last year. See, now you can't cut me off because we're going to start with fill in the blank. Okay, here we go. Mm. Fill in the blank has done the best coaching job in the NFL. I could go a lot of different ways here, and I've been kind of sort of sitting around playing with that. I could go Kyle Shanahan because they've won four games despite having injuries. I can go Mike Tomlin because Ben's back and they're undefeated. But I'm going to go Brian Flores in Miami because mm. when you think about it, they were 3-3 three and three and they made a change to Tua. And everybody was like, oh, what are you doing? You're getting ready to trick off your playoff chances. And then they go out and pop the Rams. Now all of a sudden, they get Kyler Murray – Another quarterback that's dynamic, that can move around, that's able to hit deep balls to DeAndre Hopkins. It, it'll be interesting to see where where this thing is at. I know a lot of people think Buffalo going to run away with the division, but mm. the Miami Dolphins still got to play Buffalo. I'm and I think you. they still got to play them twice. That's going to be that's gonna be big to watch. I, I would have to, if you were giving it right now, just Kyle Shanahan. Just for the fact, I mean, four wins with a roster that's depleted, going through the injuries that they went through this year. And they might find a way to, to they, if they find a way to pull this one off tonight. Uh, what? Yes, Kyle Shanahan. 
They sit there at 4-4. Four and four. Every single team in the NFC West is at least 500 to pay off Key's point here. The Bills are 6-2. and two. Brian Flores and the Dolphins are 4-3. and three. And if you're unaware of Flores, uh, speaking of great coaches, he's on the Bill Belichick coaching tree. There's one guy you didn't mention that I know that we talk about all the time. And sometimes it comes down to relative expectations. If I got a good roster, if I got a Bud Dupree on defense, I got a Ben Roethlisberger on offense, well, then maybe, just maybe, you're supposed to win games. And that, of course is Mike Tomlin. But last year, he had a terrible quarterback situation, had the Steelers on the brink of the playoffs, and now they're the league's lone unbeaten team. We should mention there's basically four minority head coaches in the NFL as well. Three black, one Hispanic. He's one of them, too. And, Key, you've mentioned him. I mean, you think he's just done an amazing job this year. It's hard to argue. Yeah, no, there's no no question about where Mike Tomlin is going to end up for me. He's one of the top four head coaches in the league right now, and probably – you know, a guy who's going to have an opportunity to win another Super Bowl and make his third Super Bowl appearance. The reason I go Brian Flores, though, is because I expect Mike Tomlin to be great. Brian Flores, the jury is still out on him because of the past of Belichick assistance. Plus, they weren't great last year, and you didn't expect for them to be where they're at this year. So it's like, Okay, I, I get it. You got a quarterback situation over there. Ben Roethlisberger, former Pro Bowl, Super Bowl quarterback, it's easy to give it to Mike Tomlin today. At the end, he's probably the coach of the year just because it's Mike T, and they got a chance to really get to 14. I don't want to call them undefeated, but I think they're a 14-2 type football team. It's fair. Mike Tomlin is playing for now, and the Miami Dolphins GM Chris Greer and head coach Brian Flores have made it made pretty clear. We're in this for the long game. This is a slow build. We've got a ton of draft picks. We've got a brand-new quarterback. So the expectations have to be moderated just a little bit differently considering where both teams are. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. On the way, the very latest on the Packers and the 49ers both dealing with COVID as they both get together for an NFC Championship game rematch. Our experts on both teams are on the way. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 
that was key this morning, essentially saying, look, the Packers are coming off a loss. The last time they came off an embarrassing loss, the one to the Bucks, they rolled over the Texans off an embarrassing loss to the Vikings. We'll see what they do with the Niners tonight. They certainly appear to be in the driver's seat at the quarterback position. Let's talk about both teams and go inside the matchup, beginning with Rob Domofsky, who covers the Packers for ESPN. Let's go priorities over pigskin first. Rob, what's the latest on all the Packers and their COVID cases they're dealing with here? Yeah, Zubin. So uh, they had uh, an outbreak in the running back uh, room where A.J. Dillon, who was their rookie second-round pick, tested positive. And then, therefore, by close contact, Jamal Williams uh, is also now on the COVID list. And here's the problem, that those guys were the top two running backs last week because Aaron Jones was out with a calf injury, and Jones is questionable for tonight, and it does not look great for him to play tonight. So – uh, they only have one other running back on the roster. That's Tyler Irvin, who's basically their kick returner. They will probably elevate uh, Dexter Williams from the practice squad, uh, but it is not a lot of experience in the running back group going into tonight. Rob, tell us a little bit about Aaron Rodgers' reaction to the team not acquiring a wide receiver before the trade <laughs> deadline. Again. Yeah, great question. We got him um, on uh, Tuesday about two hours before the deadline and he had a great uh, you know politically correct answer in the sense that hey if we add somebody we'll work them in if we don't well it's business as usual and uh, and of course it was business as usual uh because they didn't add anybody and our our great colleague dan graziano in his winners and losers piece on uh, espn.com put it perfectly he said no trade for the packers Packers going to Packer because that's just what they seem to do. <laughs> Packers going to Packer. Well said. Very 2020 of you. Speaking of ESPN.com, we'll look for all your Packers work on the NFL Nation page. Thank you very much, Rob. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll be Rob. seeing you. Thanks, Rob. All right. Next up, Nick Wagner, his colleague. He's all over the 49ers. BD joins us this morning. Uh, Nick, I know the 49ers are a 500 team exceeding expectations despite being decimated, but the fact remains they went to the Super Bowl last year. So in relative terms, what has gone wrong for them this season? Yeah, relative terms being the operative term there, of course, based on the injuries. And, and that obviously is, is where you have to start. You, you can't ignore it. It has completely wiped them out, even just going into tonight. You know, every single player that touched the ball in the NFC Championship game, which wasn't that long ago, it was January 20th against the Packers, isn't going to be suiting up for the 49ers tonight. So that's where you start. I, I think the other part of the equation here, guys, is, they've just kind of struggled to regain the identity that they had last year where it was so built around being able to run the ball consistently well week to week and play great defense, especially with that pass rush. Now the pass rush, of course, has been hurt the most possibly by injury. You know, it's, that's, a, that's one that you could debate, I'm sure. But everything that they do, the whole team spins off being able to pressure with those front four guys. And when they can't do it, it changes everything they do defensively and it changes everything they do offensively too because they can't just rely on that group to lead the way if the offense isn't getting the job done. Nick, what is the future for Jimmy G and the quarterback position for the 49ers? Yeah, it's it's the question of the day, and it's probably going to be the question of the next, you know, six months or so, Jay. It's, it's, it's one of those things right now where I think you have to look at it just through the scope of this. And this is putting aside whatever you think about him as a player talent-wise, because I know he's polarizing in that way. Some people think he can get the job done. Some people think he can't. But put that aside for a second and just look at the injuries and the money. Always follow the money. Uh, Lester Freeman told us that on the wire a long time ago. It's a great lesson. But Jimmy Garoppolo is scheduled to make $27 million against the cap each of the next two years. 
That's a really high price tag anyway, but it is especially when the salary cap is set to drop after this season. And for a guy who, at the end of this year, if he doesn't play another game, which is a very realistic possibility, will have only appeared in 23 – I'm sorry, will have missed 23 games over the last uh, three seasons. And so that's something that I think the Niners are going to really have to take into consideration. They can't sit around and flounder waiting for a quarterback who may not be on the field. And and that's kind of where the rubber is going to have to meet the road. Of course, figuring that out, you're always going to have to find somebody better if you're going to move on from him, and that's the question that they're going to have to really investigate over the next few months. No doubt. As after especially that lineage of quarterbacks that they've had over the years from Montana to Young, who won Super Bowls, Jimmy G got to one, may not have a chance to get to another by the Bay. We'll see. Nick, thanks very much for the perspective. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Nick. So let's talk a little bit about Jimmy wow, G. he missed 23 games right. over the last three years. When yeah. healthy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's only been there three years. <laughs> so Now keep this in mind quickly on the Packers. One more quick injury. No, we'll jump right back into Jimmy G. Aaron Jones may not play tonight either. He's got a calf injury. Calf so injury. the uh, Packers may have to rely on Dexter Williams and Tyler Urban. Those are the two guys they will go with right now. You did hear, uh, hear Rob say A.J. Dillon, their running back, their second-year kid out of Boston College. He actually had the COVID test that started all of this. He will not be available as well. So just think about that from Aaron Rodgers' perspective. When he turns around to hand it off, you might have to have the hello, my name is <laughs> on there because I'm not sure exactly who the deal is with. Okay, so Jimmy G, he's not due any money at the end of this season. A cap, dead cap hit of $2.8 million. The 49ers under John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan were very, very patient. They have gone through some trying times before the arrival of Jimmy G and this ascension. They are already in win-now mode. They have already done the scrapping and the rebuilding. Yeah, they that did is that not, for one right? year not befitting an organization like the 49ers. No, this team, when everybody gets back healthy, this team is going to be poised to make another run at an NFC Championship game. I don't want to put them in the Super Bowl. I put them in the NFC Championship, poised to make a run at that. Then, once they're there, we'll see if they get to the Super Bowl. One of the major problems is, is the quarterback position. You know, Bill Belichick is a master at moving pieces via trades. When everybody else thinks that that player has something, Bill goes eh, and moves him. So he was able to get a piece, a second-round pick for him a couple years ago, and a lot of people felt like he was the heir apparent to Tom Brady. I don't know that Josh McDowell is and Bill Belichick felt that way. That's why they traded him. They didn't want to tie up $20-plus million in the franchise tag to keep Jimmy G and then also pay Tom 20-something million. That's $50 million in one position. They didn't want to do that at the time. Now the San Francisco 49ers, it's their problem. They've got to figure out with the cap dropping maybe a little bit that if he can maybe take far less money than it's, than he's uh, that's on their books for next year for him that's not guaranteed, you know, if they, let's say they, they can get him to take half of that. Maybe that's a bargain. Maybe you come in and you say, well, we can't get a trade for Sam Darnold or we can't get Matt Ryan to come in. We re-sign Jimmy G for half of what he's scheduled to make. You may want to do that for a one-year deal or a two-year deal that you can get out of because the 49ers like to do deals that they call rollovers. Not fully guaranteed, but it rolls over to the next year. And on a certain date, the the deal becomes guaranteed. I, I would look at it from that perspective if I need to. Do you think Kyle Shanahan really wants to be with Jimmy G for another year or two, considering all the injuries? I mean, he's missed 23 games over the last three years. Even if you got him at a discount, 
that you you really want to buy into that for another two years? Like, when you? At, at I would go to the trade market and really like, just try to force another team's hand. But who do you? When you start looking at players, though, it's only so many quarterbacks that can help you get over the top. I mean, one obviously comes to mind is Matt Ryan, but what's that going to cost you to get Matt Ryan? What are they going to be asking for to get a Matt Ryan or a Matthew Stafford, the veteran guys like that? Otherwise, now you're picking from you're picking from the trash can at that point when you start getting beyond that. You're starting well, to go diving well, in the seconds and thirds. Well, that, well look, I, I'm going to stay on the train of working with Joe Douglas when the whole season is over. I think the Jets are going to be in a position to have the first pick in the draft. I think you try to force their hand, give it up a couple assets to get Sam Darnold to be a 49er next year. Yeah, you. and so how you would do that then, Jay, is you evaluate. Let's say, for instance, I don't know where the 49ers will finish and what pick they'll have in the first or the second round. But what you do then is if Joe Douglas or the Giants or whoever make a decision that they want to move on from their young quarterback, you now look at that young quarterback and you evaluate him up against the quarterbacks that's coming out. Would I rather have this guy, this guy, this guy, or would I rather have one of these guys that got two or three years under their belt as NFL starting quarterbacks? That's how you look at that. And then you say to yourself, okay, I'm willing to give up, much like the Rams did two years ago with Brandon Cooks. They gave a first-round pick to the New England Patriots because Brandon Cooks was clearly better than any receiver that was coming out in the draft. Guess what happened? He wind up helping them get to the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So if they look at it from that perspective and they say that Sam Darnold's a quarterback better than some of the guys that's coming out and we're willing to give a high draft pick to them, then make a run at it. Doesn't hurt. All they could do is say what? No. No. Exactly. Remember, move on. Kyle Shanahan started his 49ers career 0-9, lost his first nine games. Then they traded for Jimmy G and things started to turn. And now you may think, is it turning in the other Direction, Of course, Jimmy G, once coached by Bill Belichick. On the way, is the Pats 2-5 and five start just the start of Bill's master plan? That's next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Key, the next step is when will I go with something besides a sweater? Then I'll be truly loosened up. No, you could, man. We, we, you know, we've been together three months now. Yeah, August seventeenth yeah. was our first show. So yeah, we we it's, good. It's winter season. Imagine, You're good with the sweaters now. Imagine <laughs> how, doing it in mid-August. That was the challenge. Imagine how loose you are now, and go back three months on August seventeenth. That's true. You were so tight you couldn't fit in a bottle. <laughs> oh. Oh. Let's pop the cork on the final segment of the show. <laughs> Here we go, Keyshawn J. Will. And Z- you went there. I finished it. Keyshawn J. Will Zubin presented by Progressive. Insurance. Why is everybody getting up and walking around? I just need a second to gather my thoughts. 
Zubin's my guy, man. He knows that. <laughs> Even though he won't ever go out with me to have dinner. Yeah, how come you didn't go out with Q that, that was, night? It was a one-time thing. It was a one-time thing. I had plans that particular night. What was your plans? I had to go down to visit my uh, folks. Yeah, he had oh, to go okay. visit his parents. Yeah, I got I it. That. That's I always, you that. can never tell somebody no. See, if he'd have said, I got to go do this, I could have been like, no, you're lying. But you never say he's lying about his parents. Yeah, Here's the, the family. Thing. I, yeah. I, think you, I think you all know. I'm a family guy. You yeah, are. You yeah. are. Me you and are. Trevor Lawrence. Oh, God. Family guys. That's why you enjoy Greg West McElroy, Hartford. Huh? That's why you enjoy West Hartford and not New York City. <laughs> I get right. it. I'm never going to let Greg McElroy live that down. He's a family guy. They should take him in the first round. As opposed to <laughs> what, Greg? Your face in that moment was, cla- was classic. Check out yesterday's podcast or the day before for more on that. He does love Trevor Lawrence for things that he does on and off the field. Trevor's a good kid. No uh, Trevor this weekend, obviously. We will see DJ Uyangalale, Key's favorite guy, Clemson and Notre Uyangalale. Still Almost. can't get it. DJU. That's where you got to go. DJU. You just got to go with DJU. Yeah, I will. Don't worry. I'll get it one day. I mean, believe me, people thought Zubin was too hard. They just made it to Z. So think about Uyangalale. You can't say Zubin. You're never going to say Uyangalale. Yeah. We got Zubin now. Zubin's easy. Not too bad. Yeah, yeah. Zubin's fine. Yeah. yeah. Zubin. Easy. All right. So are the Pats setting themselves up for success? We're presented by Progressive Insurance, and this is a rather progressive statement by Matt Light, the former Patriots tackle, saying that Bill Belichick is seeing the light. Essentially, yeah, after a great run of dominance, we're going to struggle for now. And then he told the Greg Hill Show on WEEI... It's all part of a master plan to get right back to the top of the NFL. No one is going to look back on the 2020 season and, and compare it to anything other than it was a joke. It was, it was ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, Bill Bell is the greatest there is, man. Do you want to compete? Do you want to go after it at the highest level? Or do you want to do what they're doing right now and all the uncertainty? This is not the game of football that we all know. It's something other than that. Bill recognized it early on. I firmly believe that. And I think that he's building for the time that we can play for a real championship with real players, getting after it, fully prepared, and ready to go. Mm, what do you sounds think? good. It sounds good, right? It's I mean, somewhat ballot. It, no, it is. It, look, at, in the end, Bill Belichick, I trust that he's going to get the Patriots turned around. Maybe it's this year. Maybe it's they're two and five, for crying out loud, right? Two and five. Oh, my God. The world is ending. Two and five. Oh, my God. They're two and five. They may even move to an eighth seed in the playoffs this year. What if they move to an eighth seed in the playoffs? Mm. What if they move to an eighth? Think about that for a minute, Z. What if they move to an eighth seed in the playoffs this year? Now what? If Bill Belichick somehow weasels his way and his team into that eighth seed. How many teams will be scared to play them come playoff time? Without Brady or Garoppolo. Think about it, though. I mean, it's just, uh, look, in the end, I think that whether it's this year again or in the future, I think the Patriots will be back. I agree. I, this is um, th- this whole year for me, obviously it was a difficult road for them not having Tom Brady. Tom Brady probably saw it. Bill Belichick probably saw it. Tom Brady leaves, goes down to Tampa Bay. They get Cam Newton, million dollars a year, right? But still, COVID, a lot of players opt out. All of a sudden, it becomes even more foggy than what it was before. And I know people don't like the word excuses. I don't think Bill Belichick is making any excuses. But look at this whole year in its entirety, Key. But there's so many moving parts. It's going to kind of get swept underneath the rug, regardless of whether people like it or not. From what I'm hearing, though, out of 
out of Boston land, Patriot land, is they're feeling better about practices now than they were a week and a half ago. Okay. Because when Cam Newton came back, it was kind of weird. Then the following week was still kind of different, the in and out, kind of kind of try to figure out how to practice. Well, now they feel a little bit better about practice. They feel a little bit better about their preparation and things that they've been doing. So who knows what they're going to roll out on, you know, roll out the next time they take the field. Who knows what they're going to look like? Monday and by the way, Key, sorry, your, your star quarterback caught COVID and was out. Like, that's another, on top of players opting out, on top of you not having any wide receivers to throw the ball to, actually, Julia Edelman gets hurt. He's no longer there. Mm-hmm. Come on, guys. It'd be, let's be reasonable here. The next time they roll out onto the field, ESPN's Monday Night Football, they will take on the New York Jets. Just to ask you guys this perspective here in which our final. Which is a W. Yeah, which yeah. is a W. Great game to bounce back on. A right. lot of great medicine when you play the Jets. Right. Not bad medicine. Good medicine. Last minute of the show, i got to ask you both this. I think Matt Light just brought up the biggest point that really has not been mentioned throughout the Patriots' tough start, and it's a simple one. Is there anybody in sports today, in any sport, you're an NFL guy, you're an NBA guy, college basketball, college football, is there anybody in any sport that deserves the benefit of the doubt more than Bill Belichick? I don't care what the plan is, what the rationale is. If that guy's doing it, I'm on board. Is that too simple? Has he not earned that right? Five championships, or better yet, three championships Mm -hmm. in five of the last seasons. Right. One, they lost. One, they appeared in the AFC Championship game, and they right. won three Super Bowls. What? Right. That's Benefit the last of the doubt. Five years, six total Yeah, wins. six total. Nine appearances. There's nothing to talk about. But when you're Bill Belichick, the first thing people want to do is they're looking for you so they can jump up and down on you and stomp on you when you're down. Right. That's just He's finally wrong. He's finally hate, wrong. Yeah, the hate is the hate. I got one for you, Zubin. NBA side. Who just played an NBA championship? L.A. Lakers. LeBron, and who gets who else? the benefit of the doubt, And right? who else? And the, the Miami, Miami Heat. Heat. Pat, Pat Riley. Riley. There you go. Right? Pat Riley got it with LeBron, D. Wade, Chris Bosh. Time went off. Drafted. Got the right moves. Got Jimmy Butler. Living in the front. Love Bon Take Jovi. us out. Just yes. take us out. Keep, us, keep it going. Take us out. I know it's Living. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. You can hear the show live weekdays at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio, ESPN News, or wherever you stream your audio.